Plenty to talk about on this edition of Locked On Coors. We'll be joined by new BYU running back Aiden Robbins. What took him from Louisville to UNLV and now to BYU? He'll explain. We'll also talk about what's going on with BYU's new collective, the Royal Blue Collective, officially announced, and what can you expect as a BYU fan? And, of course, good to hear guys' questions in a mailbag edition of today's podcast as well. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys checking us out. We're proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where, of course, the motto is your team every day. And as such, this is your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. We're brought to you today. Our title sponsors are friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online has got you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, kicking off today's show with a, a fun interview I'm expecting ahead. I'm bringing in Aiden Robbins now, new BYU running back. Aiden, thank you for making some time. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing good, Jake. I appreciate you for having me. Absolutely. You're coming to us from Louisville, your hometown, obviously. Uh, so let's let's start there. Uh, you have decided to come to BYU, officially announced earlier this week that you'll be a member of the BYU football program. I remember uh, hearing about your recruitment by BYU way back when. Uh, what ultimately led you to, I guess, in a way, come full circle and choose the Cougars? Yeah, man. Well, <clears throat> first and foremost, you know, I just truly... I truly had faith in this thing, and I don't think God would have brought me around a second time for nothing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And um, like I said earlier, man, man, relationships, this whole thing's about relationships and networking. And I've had a really strong foundation with the coaches um, since 2018, man. Coach Sataki, Coach Harvey, and, you know, Coach A.J. Stewart, who was the previous running back coach at BYU. Um, and we've just had great relationships. And kept kept good talk, good connections, and and um, continued building that relationship since they started recruiting me in high school, man. And you know, I was already previously familiar with how things are ran at BYU, and um, you know the culture and things of that nature, man. So it was just kind of a no brainer for me. Now, you uh, decided to remain at home, close to home, I guess, at the University of Louisville for your first two years of college, but then you made the decision to transfer to UNLV. Uh, what led you to decide, okay, I got to try something different and head out west to Las Vegas? Yeah, definitely. I mean, playing at Louisville was a dream of mine. Um, I had a you know a great experience at the University of Louisville, man. Um, you know, Coach Satterfield's a really good dude. Mm-hmm. Norval McKenzie, Darrell Sims had great coaches there. You know, it just unfortunately it didn't work out for me, man. Um, I wasn't necessarily what they were looking for in a running back, and it wasn't necessarily the best offensive suit for me as well. So, um, you know, I just had to do what's best for me, take a chance on myself, and um, and transfer, man. And Coach Royal found me out of the transfer portal. He believed in me, gave me an opportunity, and I ran with it. Well, you ran for 1,000 yards, and that's a pretty impressive number. I don't care what level of college football you're playing at. If you put 1,000 yards up in a season, that, that that stands out. And you did that at UNLV. So you said that the offense at Louisville didn't necessarily fit your skill set. What about UNLV's offense fit you so well? Yeah, definitely. Well, um, you know, we, we've been 
the way we ran our uh, zone schemes was just kind of more catered towards a downhill runner. Okay. Um, catered towards a bigger back, and that's what Coach Royal likes, man. And I just fit right in and um, kind of getting me out of backfield a little bit, getting me in space, allowing me to make some catches out of the backfield, and um, allowing me to just make one cut and go, one cut and get upfield instead of having so many reads and, and getting me to run sideline to sideline, if you know what I'm saying. Well, and that I think most BYU fans who are familiar with what BYU's offense runs, they know about the zone concepts that BYU runs. They run wide zone, inside zone. That's that's been the staple for of this offense for the last five or six years at BYU. So in some ways, it sounds like it's a tailor made fit for you coming to Provo. Yeah, yeah, definitely, man. Even coming out of high school, it was it was very intriguing for me to see the style of offense and the success that running backs have had there. You know, Tyler Algier, yeah. uh, Jamal Williams, man, Chris Brooks. It just, you know, it, it's very intriguing for me as a running back, seeing other running backs have success and running behind such a, a great 5-0 lineman, man, with All-Americans, future first-round draft picks. It's, I mean, what else could you want? <laughs> so when you decided to ultimately enter the transfer portal once again at UNLV, how quickly did BYU reach out? Quick, really quick. They were the first school I heard from. Okay. <laughs> was, <laughs> was, was it Coach Unga who was the first person to reach out? Yep, Coach Harvey. Got that phone call from Coach Harvey. And I was like, oh, yeah. All right. <laughs> well, very, very cool. So, uh, what, what led you? Okay, ultimately, because we mentioned the fact you were recruited by BYU back in 2018. You ultimately decided to pick mm-hmm. Louisville. Uh, what about BYU this time sold you on the Cougars? Was it the playing style? What, what was it? Yeah, definitely, man. I mean, it checked all the boxes. Um, it's crazy how life works because I could have never foresaw this four years ago, man. And just, just the no one knowing that they cared so much about me, man, and me having that strong relationship with all of these guys for four years. That I mean, that truly means a lot to me. The relationship they have with my family, mm-hmm. um, all of that stuff just means a lot to me, man. And and like I said earlier, you got to have relationships in these things, man. So. You know, that was that was definitely a, a big indicator for me that this is where I need to be. Now anybody who looks you up in terms of your bio will see you're you're a big body back. Six foot three, somewhere between two hundred and twenty and two hundred and thirty five pounds, depending on which roster mm-hmm. they happen to look at. Uh, do you have a playing a style or a player that you kinda of model your game after by chance? Yes, yes, definitely. Um Derrick Henry's obviously he's okay. my favorite player. <laughs> he's my favorite player. I watch a lot of Derrick Henry film. Uh, Latavius Murray, Eddie George, um, just backs that kind of resemble my style of play. One cut and go, get downhill. Um, well, we kind of have the same size, and we also have speed. But, you know, I also study study nimble backs like Alvin Kamara, man, and, and just study their footwork and how they have balance and how they're able to accelerate and get in and out of cuts in small spaces, man. So um, I, I definitely favor bigger backs, but I try to study all backs to help improve my game and things that I need to work on to make me the best all-around back I can possibly be. Now, you mentioned earlier on that you've watched Jamal Williams, Tyler Algier, Chris Brooks do what they did at BYU. Uh, just uh, This is my personal observation watching you. You resemble more of what I saw from Tyler Algier at BYU, and Tyler was an absolute sensation and now is doing great things in Atlanta. Do you feel like you can model a little bit of what he did for BYU, hopefully? Yeah, for sure, man. I um I've watched some of his film. I'm still watching him in the league right now. He's yeah. he's a very hard runner. Mm-hmm. You know, he just gets downhill, man. That's the name of the game, and that's and he kind of he poses his will on defenses too and tires them out as the game as the game goes on. And 
that's two similarities I think him and I kind of have is, you know, the the longer the game goes, defense gets weaker, we get stronger. So yeah, I definitely I definitely like how he plays. Now, obviously, you're coming to BYU, and I think most people would envision that you're going to be uh, maybe the lead guy for BYU in 2023. What have the coaches told you about what to expect once you get into Provo? Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, obviously, it's a change of scenery for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I've only been away from home one time, and, you know, I'm going from the Sin City to Provo, man. So it's it's like night and day. But, um, you know, just to come in and – it's going to be a little cold, but expect to work hard, man. I'm just I'm just ready to get in and get to work. Uh, will you be enrolling this January? When are you going to be coming in? Yeah, January 9th from Fort Day. Very cool. And what are you going to be studying while you're at BYU? Yeah, so uh, that was another thing that was really intriguing for me, to um, that I would be able to graduate in a year and potentially get my MBA. Okay. And that, that's, that was really big for me. Um, so, yeah, that's what I'm going to be pursuing at BYU at one of the, you know, more highly accredited business programs in the nation. So that's huge. That's awesome. Uh, so mm-hmm. last last thing for me, Aiden, I, I have spent I, I, I have a friend that actually uh, spent some time uh, in Louisville living there. And I actually went and visited him. Uh, this goes back probably a decade ago. Uh, what is maybe the most underrated part of Louisville as a city in your mind as a guy who grew up there? Underrated. Mm-hmm. Ooh. I would have to say, I would have to say Barnstown Road, man, okay. the island. Um, not a whole lot of people know about it, um, but Jack Harlow's kind of putting it on the map a little bit. But yeah, Barnstown Road, my girlfriend kind of put me on to Barnstown Road a little bit because growing up, I wasn't really going to Barnstown Road, but when I started hanging out with her, she's like, oh, you can go to this spot, go to this spot, and we just walked Barnstown Road. It's a lot of cool stuff, man. It's it's like a mini Las Vegas strip per se, without without all the you know all the clubs and stuff, but just just neat things that you can see, just stuff that you wouldn't see on a regular, you know. True story, my buddy. When I went to go visit him, the first the first night I was there, guess what we crew? Guess what we walked? Bardstown Road. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> it's a great, great place. Louisville, highly, highly underrated city. The Muhammad Ali uh, Museum, the Louisville Slugger Museum. There are so many good things about that city. But, Aiden, uh, you're, you're you're fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us here on Locked on Cougars. We're looking forward to seeing you out here in Provo when you get out here and obviously looking forward to seeing you out on the field. Yeah, for sure, man. I appreciate you for having me, man. Go Cougs. There you go. Aiden Robbins, a big thank you to him for taking the time to join us here on Locked On Cougars. A fantastic interview and looking forward to uh, seeing him uh, joining the BYU football program. I, I think he's going to be a welcome addition because sounds like a guy who's very, very eager to get into BYU and get to work right away. And that should excite you as a Cougar fan, I, I feel like. is a guy that is excited to be at BYU, as he mentioned, was recruited way back in 2018. If I recall correctly, BYU was on the short list in terms of his finalists. He opted to stick close to home and go to the University of Louisville, and now by way of UNLV, he's going to finally be a Cougar and very much looking forward to that. So big thank you once again uh, to Aiden for joining us. All right. A thing that might be able to help Aiden during his time at BYU is obviously NIL, name, image, and likeness, opportunities to make money while he's a student athlete. 
in Provo. Well, a lot of you have wondered, I actually mentioned this yesterday, I, I, I had some foresight on talking about what BYU needed to do collective-wise. Well, they've officially gotten themselves a collective that is endorsed by the university. We'll talk about what the Royal Blue is, what you can expect from it as a Cougar fan. We'll get to all of that momentarily. First, though, a word on our friends over at NHTSA. Now, all of us out there want to make sure that we're safe driving, do whatever we're doing, but you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even in states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high could get you a DUI, and if you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you're wrong. Your friends can tell, your coworkers can tell, even your parents can tell, everybody can tell that you're driving high. So what makes you think that law enforcement officers wouldn't know when you're driving high? Driving under the influence of marijuana slows down your response time and changes how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive when you're high, you're not, because the bottom line is if you feel different, you drive different, and driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI, paid for by NHTSA. Thank you once again for joining us here on Locked On. Cougars want to encourage you guys to check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast. It's got the biggest stories from the sports world in every arena out there in 22 minutes or less. It's got instant reaction, game recaps, and of course, Locked On's take of the day. That's Locked On Sports Today, available on YouTube, this app, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's talk about it. This is a big, big deal if you're a BYU fan, is that they now have an official university-endorsed uh Collective. That, that's the thing about this is many of you probably heard about NIL and have probably heard the term collective used in multiple instances. Now, collectives ostensibly are groups of individuals who have got fairly deep pockets, but don't necessarily have to have super deep pockets, but are uh, helping facilitate name, image, and likeness opportunities for student athletes at the very uni- various universities they're working with. Well, BYU uh, was on the forefront of their work with these NIL collectives. I, I mean, I, not collectives, but NIL when was launched. If you recall, BYU launched the Built for Life campaign immediately after the NCAA officially approved uh, your ability to have name, image, and likeness opportunities. And they've done a great job marketing and helping out each BYU student athlete, not just the football program, but beyond that, in opportunities with NIL. I I can uh, speak directly to Clark Barrington, who joined us all season long here. That was via an NIL opportunity in his own right. Well, BYU, as collectives became more and more in vogue, BYU you was very, very uh, thorough in making sure that they vetted what exactly uh, collectives were capable of doing. They didn't want a rogue group of investors, not uh, investors in a way, but they didn't want a rogue group of boosters to be running around trying to influence guys coming to BYU and in theory uh, having like free reign essentially uh, to to do stuff like this. So BYU partnered uh, with what they're calling now the Royal Blue Collective. It launched uh, today, Thursday when we're recording this podcast and it signed a corporate sponsorship agreement with BYU Athletics. And you're probably wondering well Jake, I thought NIL was not able to be affiliated with universities. Well, the original rules the guidelines set forth by the NCAA did prohibit that, but they sent some new rules out or new guidelines uh, just recently in October that make it so a university can actually endorse uh, an official collective and encourage uh, their fans to contribute to that collective. And that's what has led to the foundation here of the Royal Blue uh, Collective. It is overseen by a board independent of BYU Athletics. This is coming from the release from BYU with a goal to uh, deliver a premier name, image, and likeness NIL solution that enables BYU to attract and develop gifted student-athletes 
who perform at high levels in sports and become well-equipped to thrive in family, faith, and life's pursuits. It plans to pool funds from fans, alumni, and businesses to help facilitate NIL deals and monetize student-athlete brands. Uh, this is a this is very, very important for BYU. Uh, I know a number of you out there have watched other universities and their collectives uh, come to the forefront, and in certain circumstances, it's in, induced athletes to pick various universities. That, that's not a secret out there. Like, this is stuff, the tampering that is being accused, uh, being th- accusations being thrown around of tampering with NIL, it was happening before NIL, it'll happen long after this NIL is maybe dead and gone, it, it, it's always going to happen, but the goal here I think BYU has taken with the Royal Blue Collective is to elevate the NIL experience. And what I mean by that is they want to make sure each of these student athletes, yes, they have an opportunity to make money and profit off of their name, image, and likeness. That That's the the overarching goal of what a collective exists for, what it's going to do ostensibly for these BYU athletes. But at the same time, I think BYU wants it to mean more than just, hey, uh ex-athlete, would you like to come here and play for the BYU football program? We'll give you X thousand dollars to come here, and what you need to do to earn that is essentially nothing. They, they want it to actually mean something, where these student-athletes, they're benefiting from it, while at the same time, these uh, boosters, the, the businesses, Joe Schmo fan out there, if you want to be involved with this, you can be involved with it. You don't have to have super deep pockets to be a part of this if you truly want to do this. So the nice part is BYU is now encouraging you, if you are a BYU fan who wants to get involved with NIL and you'd like to be a part of this, you can go be part of this. You can go to the royalbluecollective.org to get started there. It is uh, being uh, monitored and run by Encore, which is a phenomenal marketing agency. I have had some interactions and opportunities to work with them in the past. They do things the right way. Uh, Open Doors, which is one of the NIL uh, websites out there that facilitates these deals, is also a part of this. And the best part about this is the way that BYU has structured this, it's going to operate as a 501c3 public charity. And the reason I like this, and there is some scrutiny out there, Matt Brown from Extra Points, if you pay attention to his news- newsletter covering all things college athletics, uh, there is some thought that the IRS at some point may say that uh, running a collective as a charity doesn't necessarily work because what exact uh, charitable contributions is this making? Okay, that's a that's a gray area, but the thing about this is this is opening the door uh, for BYU athletes, like I said, to benefit uh, the, themselves, and that that's what this is all about. So the biggest thing I like about the, the charity aspect of this is that when you are a five hundred one c three corporate not corporation organization. You have to have a lot of different uh, paperwork filled out, and it causes, there's got to be some very transparent, uh, uh, what I'm trying to say, a uh, public accounting type deals. All of the funds that are collected ostensibly under the Royal Blue Collective here, well, guess what? In their legal filings, the, the, the returns they will have to make with the IRS and the federal government, they're going to have to account for every nickel and dime that they have spent and or given to BYU athletes. That That is the thing I like about the way this is being structured by the BYU uh, Athletic Department, Brigham Young University, and obviously the Royal Blue Collective here, the, the group uh, building this. It is going to cause them, they've, they've got to account for all of it. If they don't, that is when Uncle Sam and the IRS is going to say, uh, let's take a little closer look at what you guys are doing here and we need to we need to dig into this a little bit more. So, you may think that NIL is something that you, you don't want to be a part of. You think it's ruining college athletics. I, I, I 
your opinion I, I may vary. I think that it's not necessarily the the healthiest thing for the sport, especially considering the various ways that it's it's being used because it's truly being used to tamper with guys and induce guys to transfer to other universities. I, I don't know how to tell you anything other than that. I don't have hard and fast evidence of that, but all you got to do is pay attention to what's going on in the transfer portal and it'll tell you exactly what you need to know. Could this lead to helping BYU retain maybe some of the top level athletes? I think it could because I think that BYU, the way they uh, kind of, I didn't want to drag their feet, but the way they were uh, going a little more slowly about building this collective, I think it cost them valuable time to be out there and have this in their back pocket when it came to recruiting. And I know it's not supposed to be part of recruiting. I know that the, the, the coaches aren't supposed to go in and say, hi, we have this collective that would like to pay you this. Okay, you're not supposed to do that. But let's be real, folks. It's going to be part of the conversation. Any student athlete out there, Aiden Robbins, who we just had on this show, I'm sure has uh, heard about what the Royal Blue Collective can do for him, and he'll obviously be wanting to benefit in his own right. If he comes in here and runs for another 1,000 yards in a BYU uniform, and he has back-to-back college seasons of 1,000 yards rushing, and as he mentioned, he might get his MBA in one year, he could be a one-and-done at BYU and jump to the NFL. But at the same time, during that year, he would be a star and obviously be able to benefit uh, himself with regards to NIL type uh, opportunities. So I think that BYU, to their credit, they built this the right way. Because the other thing about this is, I forgot to mention this earlier on, the Royal Blue Collective, the other thing about this is they're adding uh, different things uh, to what BYU is trying to offer each of these athletes. So uh, the the biggest thing I would encourage you to go do is to go to the royalbluecollective.org. It's actually, it's not the Royal Blue Collective. It's just royalbluecollective.org and read up on this. It tells you exactly what is name, image, and likeness. What are the rules regarding it? What is an NIL activity? Who does Royal Blue work with? They have a board of directors, which includes some very, very deep pocketed boosters, guys that are, uh, Titans uh, here locally in Utah in terms of uh, companies that they have built. They're going to offer mental health advocacy and help to BYU athletes. They're going to offer mentorship. We're talking guys who have built built and sold multiple multi-million and in certain cases billion dollar organizations who are offering essentially a mentorship to each of these athletes. Any student athlete at BYU can benefit from this. It's not just the football program. It's not just the men's basketball program. This goes all the way down the line to the tennis programs, cross country, women's volleyball, the soccer, any student athlete at BYU can benefit from this. And at the same time, you as an individual fan out there, if you'd like to get involved with this, you have an athlete you'd like to work with, you have a small business maybe that wants to have an athlete promote a product or be a, uh, be part of a, a, an event that you're putting on, this is the way to do it. So once again, go to the Royal go to royalbluecollective.org to learn more and I think it's a really really cool thing. All right. We'll wrap up today's show uh, with some of your guys' questions. Some of you have submitted them via social media. Some of you have submitted them via email. We'll get to all of those here in just a moment. First, though, a word on our friends over at UCCU. Now, UCCU has been with us for, wow, I'm trying to think. They've been on Locked On Cougars, I think, for a good three months now. And what I love about UCCU is I bank with UCCU. That's the best part about this. I can speak directly to what UCCU has done for me, but they are trying to help all of us out there navigate this period of high inflation and high interest rates by giving you guys what they call a, uh, it's called a savings certificate. And what it is, it's a 15 month savings certificate. I got a niche on my head there with an incredibly high APY of 4.00%. The best part is during that 15 month period, you have the opportunity to jump up to an even higher rate of return anytime during the life of your certificate. Uh, the 
the, the thing about this is this is trying to help us navigate with these high interest rates. Your, your rate of return with regards to your typical savings account or money market account, whatever you use, is not going to be nearly as high as that 4.00% APY on the savings certificate from UCCU. The best part is you can be done it for as little as $500, making it something that anybody, both big or small savers, can get started with. Go to uccu.com to learn more. You can stop into any one of their branches along the Wasatch Front to get started there or give them a call. That, that's the other thing about this. This is very simple to get started with that savings certificate. As mentioned, during the 15-month period, if rates continue to rise, you can take advantage of that with a one-time rate jump during that 15 months to get that higher rate of return added to your account. So, Take advantage of it now, my friends. That's uccu.com to learn more or to get started with that savings certificate today. But remember, this is for a limited time only. So once again, that's uccu.com. Stop into a branch or give them a call. We'd be happy to help you guys out. That's uccu. Love where you bank. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day and always appreciate you guys checking out the show. It's a ton of fun uh, to talk with you guys about everything going on in BYU sports. And the biggest thing I think in terms of our conversations when it comes to the mailbags is a number of you have reached out and said, Jake, what uh, can BYU expect in terms of a recruiting bump? I actually had two different questions sent in and my email is not opening up here. So I apologize to the two of you. I've probably written down the names in a different document, but it's not opening as I try and open it up here on my computer. But uh, two of you asked, Jake, when can we expect BYU to to make that? You mentioned the the leap. I think one of them referred to, like you talked about how BYU needs to see their recruiting classes improve. And they do need to see that improve because that's a very important thing, I think, for BYU uh, to get better athletes overall into the program. What's it going to take for that? I think it's going to take just more effort. That's the first thing BYU is going to have to have. Uh, And, I love guys like Ed Lamb and Elisa Tuiaki. We're talking great, great men. I all, I always enjoy my interactions with them. But we can acknowledge the elephant in the room that they were just not getting after it on the recruiting trail. That is why they are no longer employed at BYU, and that's why Jay Hill, uh, Kelly Papinga, and so far Sione Puha are members of the BYU defensive coaching staff. They are guys that have proven that they're willing to go out and do the dirty work in recruiting. And I, and I say dirty work, it's not, a, it's not a bad term. They're just willing to get their hands dirty and get down in it there and just grind. That's the thing about this. Recruiting is about effort. Programs that have the greatest success in recruiting have guys on their staff who get after it in recruiting. And that obviously lends itself to the assistant coaches doing the job, but also uh, their graduate assistants, their recruiting assistants, the recruiting staff at BYU has to be involved with this. The biggest thing is they need to go in and work That's the biggest thing. I think BYU has got a staff together now, at least in my mind, that is going to be very, uh, very capable of getting after it on the recruiting trail. Will that yield the results that BYU needs to get that quote-unquote top-tier type athlete on an annual basis or top-tier athletes on an annual basis? Only time will tell, but the... the, the Okay, let me back up. The, the thing that I think that they need to do is just get after it. The, the, you can't be passive. You can't think, oh, guy, oh, okay, he's a BYU guy. He's going to pick us. Well, guess what? There's probably five other universities out there saying, you know what? BYU's not working on this guy that hard. Let's go put our uh, spin on this and see if we can pluck him away from BYU. That's what BYU's got to avoid. You have to love up these young men. And you may think it, it, it's, it's foolhardy to give them all kinds of hype and all this attention, but if you want top-tier talent in Provo, 
You got to give him that love. All right, another question coming in via Nick Chadwick. He says, question for the mailbag. With the hire of Sione Puha, what do you think our chances of landing two four-star Utah transfers are in both Ethan Calvert and Mesa Tufanga? Now, that's an interesting question, Nick, because both of them are linebackers that left the University of Utah, and as you mentioned, both of them are former four-star athletes. I expect that Ethan Calvert probably is going to transfer closer to home in California. That's just uh, based on some conversations I've had with folks who know him far better than I do. But I wouldn't mind BYU kicking the tires on either of these guys. See if they have some interest because they've obviously come to Utah. They know the lay of the land. BYU's 40 minutes south of Salt Lake City where they were. So I don't think BYU would be uh, necessarily out of the realm of possibility of at least approaching these young men and seeing uh, what their interest level is. Uh, does, Does that mean that one or both of them decide to come to BYU? No, by no means does it mean that. But the biggest thing is you have to give yourself the opportunity for them to be given that offer. I think that BYU, just speaking of the transfer portal in particular, I, I think they're working far harder than a lot of us may think and you may think they are. That, that's the biggest thing about this. Is I think BYU is doing some really, really good work in the transfer portal. Now, let's acknowledge a couple of pieces of information here. Jaron Hall has officially accepted his invite to the Senior Bowl. I think that all but seals the fact that he is going to the NFL. Yes, there is the outside possibility he could go to the Senior Bowl, decide to come back to BYU. It, 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 it exists. You can do that. But you don't do that if you're going to the Senior Bowl traditionally. I, I think he's going to the NFL. That, so that should clear the deck for BYU to hit the transfer portal hard when it comes to quarterbacks and go out and find a guy or two they feel like they can find. The other thing about this is they're bringing back Max Tooley and Isaac Rex. Those are two very very capable guys. They're going to be a help to, uh, in the case of Max Tooley, BYU's defense, because talk about a guy, pick six machine. He had two of them this year for BYU. Fantastic player. And if Max plays in more than seven games next year, what is he capable of accomplishing with that extra time on the football field? We'll find out. I also think that Isaac Rex, a year removed, uh, another year removed from that ankle injury he suffered at the end of 2021, I, I think he's going to be even better than he was uh, ostensibly this year. And I thought that uh, Isaac Rex was a little underrated this year uh, playing for BYU. Yes, he didn't get targeted in certain games, that type of stuff. Yeah, that that's frustrating. But he did finish second on the team in touchdown receptions this year. So he can get after it. It's good to have both of those guys back, and I think that's a very important thing. Now, we got uh, one other piece here. I think it comes in from our good friend Mojo. I'm trying to find it here, Mojo. I, the, but the question that just you asked was, you round down the list of the guys who have transferred out of the BYU football program. And if, oh, by the way, you missed the news. Clark Barrington, uh, as expected by most of us, uh, may officially committed to Baylor. Uh, I, I'm not breaking any confidence here. Confidences now that he, that's officially c- came out. After I recorded the podcast with him earlier this week, I asked him directly just about B- Baylor, and he said it's going to be really tough to turn them down. Well, Jeff Grimes and Eric Mateos got their guy, and they did. They, they he picked. Baylor. He's going to reunite with his brother, obviously reunite with uh, Eric Mateos and Jeff Grimes down there in Waco. And it, it could be that BYU plays the Barrington brothers next year as a member of the Big 12 Conference. It's not out of the realm of possibility, so looking forward to that. Alright, here's the question. Oh, excuse me. It wasn't a Mojo. It was actually Jeff Henor. So I apologize. Mojo, you're a stud. Thank you, uh, as always, for your support. But Jeff, you said this. Thursday mailbag. Who has been the most surprising transfer? You said Keenan Peely, the Barrington brothers, Logan Fano, or other? Uh, I would say, Jeff, uh, the Keenan Peely one to me is actually the most surprising to me. And let me explain why. 
I never expected Clark Barrington to be back at BYU next year. I thought he was going to the NFL. And my conversations with him all year long made me think that he was gearing up to make a run at the NFL, and I I just didn't expect him back. So I can't count uh, Clark Barrington in particular in terms of his transfer as the most surprising. uh, Not Logan Peely, that's Keenan's younger brother who's currently on the roster. Keenan, to me, was a guy that I thought was going to come back and get back to being more of what we saw from him in 2021, similar to Isaac Rex with another year's removed from his injury to get healthy and get back to playing the level that we thought he could play at in 2022. I thought that was very capable for him, but he decided that he is best suited to go play elsewhere. He's headed to Tennessee. So best of luck to Keenan Peely down there on Rocky Top. I had an opportunity to join Locked On Vols that covers the Tennessee Volunteers, join Eric Kane, their fantastic host, and talked about it. And I think that they're excited to have Keenan Peely on the roster. They actually had uh, quite a few of their linebackers uh, leave the program they have some young talent in there, but I think Keenan Peely's got an opportunity to play early on for Tennessee, and we'll see how it shakes out. So, of the three you mentioned, uh, I'm actually going to pick Keenan Peely there, Jeff. I, I think that that was the most surprising to me uh, in terms of guys who ultimately decided to leave BYU, but let me also express this to you guys. I very much uh, hope for all the success for all these guys wherever they land. They're all phenomenal young men. They're prodigious talents in the in the realm of football. Think about how few people relative uh, to population-wise get to play college football and in some cases get to play in the NFL. It's so such a small, small number that get that opportunity. And you know what? Not everybody's pathway is going the exact same way as everybody else's. But at the same time, I look forward to seeing these guys get that opportunity uh, to move on with their playing careers. All right, uh, final question here. A little bit over time here, but uh, I'm going to get to it right away uh, as fast as I possibly can. I'm going to pull this up here. Uh, it came in earlier today. There we go. GR uh, sent us an email to lockedonbyu at gmail.com. It says, Jake, will you please discuss those returning from their missions in the near future and how they might offset some of the disappointment from the letter of intent day? Now, in terms of uh, the disappointment of letter and letter of intent day or the early signing period, uh, I'm not sure necessarily it should be the disappointment in a way. I know that the transfer portal has not yielded the names that many of uh, many of you out there probably have hoped, or maybe the number, I guess I should say, of bodies that you would have liked to see uh, play for BYU. They had uh, two. Uh, uh, junior college guys pick other universities on Wednesday as well as Armani Chapman, a transfer from Virginia Tech, ultimately decided to pick UNC, North Carolina, decided to remain back on the East Coast when it felt like BYU had a great opportunity to land him. So the transfer portal is probably the most disappointing part in terms of the overall yield of guys coming out of the portal and choosing BYU. But don't lose hope quite yet because as more and more programs play their bowl game, you're going to see a lot of guys leave programs because a lot of the coaches have asked them, okay, even if you are going to transfer, just stick with us through the bowl game and then you can go to the portal and that's that's when you can pursue other opportunities. So don't give up hope quite yet on that front. Now, in terms of returning mission, guys coming home from their missions in the, re- in the near future, I need to do a deeper dive on that GR, but I got two names for you that I am looking forward to. These are guys that I think have the potential to be impact players for BYU that are return missionaries coming into the program. First guy, uh, Nukuluve uh, Halu, or uh, they call him uh, Nuke, I think for short. He's a guy out of Tooele High School. He's going to be starting uh, playing at running back for BYU, and similar to Aiden Robbins, six foot three, two 230 pounds, in Robin's case, uh, Luve is, I think, 200, uh, 6'4", 210 pounds. 
He is a big, big running back in his own right. I'm looking forward to seeing him finally take the field for BYU. The other guy I'm looking forward to, John Henry Daly. Now, Logan Fano is a phenomenal talent and a guy that I wish BYU was going to have on this roster as a pass rusher for them. But in high school, John Henry Daly had more sacks and outplayed Logan Fano in certain circumstances. Out of Lone Peak High School, Logan was obviously playing at Tintview, I think that John Henry Daly has got superstardom written all over him if he lives up to his potential at BYU. He doesn't get back from his mission, I, I think, until the middle of the spring, so he'll not be enrolling at mid-year. He'll be a summer enrollee for BYU, but keep an eye on that kid. JHD, as they called him, out there at Lone Peak. I had a chance to call some of the games he played in high school for the KSL Sports Rewind, the, the high school games I do during the fall. Absolutely love that kid. He is high motor, high effort, and the best part is just got crazy, crazy amounts of talent. And I look forward to seeing him uh, playing for BYU. So those are two guys in particular, GR, uh, that I'm looking forward to seeing uh, play for BYU's return missionaries. And let me, I'm going to, I'll maybe I'll do an episode next week. I'm going to do a deeper dive on what guys are expected to enroll at BYU. And maybe I'll have some more names for you next week on the podcast, but uh, I'm going to sign off for now. I am going to maybe do one more episode before Christmas gets here. But if I don't, want to wish all of you guys a very Merry Christmas. Uh, Thank you, by the way, just uh, for all of your support all year long. Uh, This is a time where you're around a lot of family, spending time, talking about things. If you don't mind, I guess my gift to myself from you guys, uh, if I can uh, be that selfish, is for you guys to share this with your family and friends. Uh, Tell them about this podcast, whether they want to watch it on YouTube, listen to it wherever they get podcasts, just encourage them to check it out because you guys are the lifeblood of what makes this podcast go. So once again, enjoy your Christmas. Hope you guys are having a fantastic time with family and friends. And I hope that you guys enjoy the holiday. Uh, we are going to take Monday off unless something crazy happens at BYU. So, uh, Expect another edition of your podcast. If one doesn't come before Christmas Eve, maybe on Friday afternoon, etc., expect a new new edition on the 27th, if that makes sense. So uh, until then, Merry Christmas to you all. Happy holidays, and I hope you guys are all doing well. Thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day. Go make your second listen, our friends, over at the Locked On Big 12 podcast. Get caught up on all the different news and notes when it comes to the Big 12 with Josh Neighbors in 30 minutes or less. We went a little over 30 minutes today, but nonetheless, check that out. It's available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts, just like this show. Once again, happy holidays. Merry Christmas to you all. We'll talk to you guys again soon. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. See ya.